Talk with Vicki Baez and JC. Enjoy the show. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another amazing episode of HR Talk. I'm JC, ushering you back into another fantastic week here, all the way up in sunny, freezing, and extremely white, covered in snow, New York. And all the way down in sunny central Florida, the man, the myth, the legend, he spends more time in the checkout lines at the drive throughs of the local restaurants than anyone we know. Please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Ricky Baez. What's up? Yeah, it's been one of those days. Hey, Rick, let me tell you something. On the heels of the last program, have an HD on. It, it was a great time. It really was. It was a fantastic time yeah. having her on, talking. And uh, I feel terrible for the way that the audio turned out. Your audio sucked at the first part of the program. I am happy to report to everyone you have brand new audio today. You've got you, There's a repair that took place. There's amazing things that happened. And you sound angelic today. How are you? I'm feeling angelic, I guess. I mean, I guess that's what I'm supposed to say. But yeah, thank you. I appre- I didn't know my audio suck that bad. It was bad. Aren't you the audio engineer for the program, sir? Yeah, but like when you turn your volume down to where <laughs> I can't touch it and you're in Florida, man, I need you. I need you. So um, that's why. on the heels of the last show, Rick, mm-hmm. there was a, a friend of the program, also a borderline fan of the show. We're a fan of hers as well. We played clips of Lawyer Page last week, and she actually had a rebuttal to our last program. Because if she you does. recall, uh, we, we played a couple of her clips, and uh, some of it was in, in a little bit of humor right there at the same time, right? But she she's great. Always putting out great advisements, but she t- specifically talked to us on her entire ticky-tocky feed. Isn't that right, buddy? That's right. And I have the clip pulled out right now. Give me one second. Here we go. Happy Valentine's Day. I know we talk a lot of shit about HR sometimes around here, and sometimes it is deserved. But there is a really good HR podcast that occasionally will borrow some of my TikToks for content. It's called HR Talk. You can find them on Instagram, on Spotify, the podcast around here. I like to listen to them while I'm driving. They're very informational, but they also keep it light and funny, too. One of the hosts, JC, contacted me and said, hey, we use some of your TikToks in the podcast if you want to check it out. I'm like, thanks for the heads up. Of course, I checked it out. Of course, I want to see what they posted. And they used the legal one. And then you will never guess what the next one they posted was. Yeah, the one bitching about hinge yeah it's a little embarrassing but i stand by what i said they weren't too mean about it so you should check it out be valentine i'm glad we weren't too mean no we weren't mean at all and i think hd actually chimed in with some great love love life advisement for her as well you know i mean there there was some good stuff in the last program things that you're not gonna get on other social hr related podcast talking shows hr talk show that's it there it I mean, is you don't have to add all those different words to it but yeah i get it i've I got the finger out the fingers nah, on its yeah. own path today <laughs> okay <Got it. laughs> but yeah man she's uh she's pretty cool you know she gives up doesn't give official legal advisement by any stretch of the imagination but she does bring up interesting things that pertain to people like you she does make you think. I mean, I know before in the past, and that's why I'm dying to have her on the show. We tried to have her on the show before. Uh, uh, schedules didn't turn out. She wants to be on the show. It's just our our calendars are just not aligning. Yeah. Because uh, she has a very uh, interesting perspective when it comes to employer, employment and labor law. 
um, as an attorney herself, um, it, it's uh, obviously she has that piece of expertise. But there are some things that I'm like from from an HR point of view that we have to check those boxes first before you go down that lawyer route. So that's why I'm um, I'm working on getting her on the show so we can kind of go back and forth of her ideals and her stance when it comes to employment and labor laws. Big, I'm really a big fan of it. when we do have lawyers on the program, though. You know, like uh, when David Miklas joins us or uh, Mark Kluger when he came on as well. Yeah. Big big fans of what they uh, they bring to the table, their insights, and it's all all in good fun because you know at the end of the day, it's it's uh, it's not official legal advisements. It's just good healthy discussion about the laws and things pertaining to the industry. So to that, um, Lawyer Page actually also has some further advisements over the past week since the special kudos going out to the show. I believe this one was in regards to job interviews. Isn't that right, buddy? Let's find out. Uh, if you're finding out, I can't. Because whatever you're playing, oh, really? I can't see it. I can't hear it. And I appreciate you for trying. Shouldn't but... be asked for a picture on, before oh, applying man. or as oh. part of the application process. I'm just going to mute you for a second until you're ready. Woo. Yeah, that was crazy. Got to love that modern technology. We really do need the intern. So um, we do have someone so, that helps out with social media. But Intern call out sick. But yeah, okay. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to have a conversation. There, on intern. program day, interns right. are yeah, definitely uh-huh. helpful. Especially right, as go. you're adding the AV piece. Go ahead. Things you shouldn't be asked during a job interview. You don't have to disclose your familial status, your religion, if you have personal health issues or not. And you shouldn't be asked for a picture before applying or as part of the application process. Not all of these things are illegal, but some of these questions are just improper and should raise a red flag. Let me know if you have more questions about this, and I'm happy to go into detail. Things- all right. She is 1,000% right. Really? To a point. Well, okay, go ahead. <laughs> what do you mean? To a point. Okay, so she is right. Um, they, they should not be asking about your medical history, your family history, and and interviewers need to be careful, right? Because they can easily fall down that that rabbit hole of asking those questions without knowing they're asking those questions, especially when interviewers are trained to liven up the uh, the uh, interaction. That way the people are not as nervous. So they try to do small small talk. And if somebody says, hi, my name is Carmen San Diego. I don't know why I picked that name, but and you're like, oh, San Diego, I know that name. And then you start going down that rabbit hole that could get you in trouble. Um, the picture, not necessary. She's 100 percent right. Unless this is a small portion of the law that let me be careful here, allows you to discriminate sparingly. And they are allowed to ask for a picture. For example, um, if Disney wanted to hire you to be a character and you have to have a specific likeness that otherwise you wouldn't be providing doing an interview, that's called a bona fide occupational qualification. So so you're talking like if if there was a qualification to play Ariel. Correct. And you show up and you got black hair and you're a Puerto Rican guy. Or you look exactly or you look like me. Right. Look, right. I'm an Academy Award winning actor. I want to play Ariel. They can say no. And I ask why. And they'll say, because you're a guy and you look like that. No, that's not going to happen. They can do that. That's the only time they can do that, because that's when those specific um, traits from that other human being is relevant to the job that they're interviewing. For. You were ju- so, you were just talking about like the last name thing or the name thing. Like yeah. if, if you're interviewing and you're in discussion and someone brings up their name and and. I think you said like, hey, that name's familiar. 
I know so-and-so. What do you mean by that? I mean, isn't nepotism how you get along in corporate America nowadays? (laughs) That's what it seems like, right? (laughs) No, but look, it's um, when when you, the interviewer, are trying to um, make the candidate feel comfortable in the in the interview process, you start chit chatting, you start asking questions and then you start asking questions about family life that you got to be careful with. I know there's no ill intent on your part. All you're trying to do as the interviewer is help them out. However, if, if, if you start asking those questions to where you're trying to relate to them on a personal level and they reveal information that will be illegal by law for you to know before you make the offer, you might end up in a little bit of trouble legally, especially if you don't give them, if you don't hire that person, if they deserve to be hired. So you all right, just all right. avoid it so, altogether. So you got to be you're, careful. You're a qualified individual. You're in. I'm interviewing you. You tell me your name's Ricky Baez. And then I'm blown away. I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you related to Joan? <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, I get that quite I a bit. I know you do. That, and then those are the problem. jobs you don't get, though. That's not, <laughs> that's not a problem, though, right? If they, if, if they ask me, am I related to Joan Bias, that's not a problem. But if they ask, oh, where's that name from? Isn't that from this part of the region? Now you're now you're walking on troubled waters there that might get you in trouble when it might reveal information that's protected by law that you shouldn't know. Pre. Ooh, pre-offer question for you then pre-offer. If you're in the middle of an interview and someone says to you, hey, uh, it says on your resume that you worked in many different areas across the globe and they start getting into where you've been or where you've traveled and they Mm -hmm. ask you a few of these things and you mention different countries, different cities, maybe different places around the world that you've been. And then one of those places sets the interviewer off down a bad spiral. Maybe they have a a preconceived notion of what it's like in a specific country, city, Mm -hmm. or or et cetera. Did they just open the, and they don't hire you. They give you bad looks when you bring it up. I mean, I'm not saying I'm talking from experience because it did happen. I mean, it may have happened. I mean, it's hypothetical, (laughs) you know, but like if that happens, I mean, talk to me about that one. Well, if something like that happens and the and the candidate doesn't get the job just because the interviewer has a uh, a stereotype uh, point of view about a specific country that person went to, then lawyer page is going to be in business. They're going to call lawyer page and they're going to hire her and she's going to sue the pants out of that company because you got to be careful with that. You should not be doing that at all as an interviewer. So it sounds like that interviewer needs some training on how to how to curve those stereotypes because we all have stereotypes that that's okay. What's not okay is acting out on them. Um, that's the issue. Wow. So, you know, yep. when you, when you think about how certain people in those shoes have been around with organizations for a very long time though, as well, you could be talking about having to train senior executives that are actually in charge of entire departments, branches, or, or half the country for their organization. You know, it yeah. it, it could yeah. be a very tough discussion to be had. Well, How would you tackle it, that if you well, had to it, recaliber a senior vice president? So from an HR point of view, so yes. I'm the business partner. I am that VP's business partner who has that kind of stereotype. Brother, it comes back to what you and I have been talking on this show for the past three years. It talks about the business relationship, right? Don't. The worst thing you can do as, as a business partner is throw the book at that VP off the bat, right? That, that, that's not good for business. That's not good for the relationship. At some point, 
At some point, you may have to get there, but that shouldn't be your first order of business. So you pull that that VP aside. And before you start accusing that VP or talking to that VP about um, what you think he or she said, try to get more clarity because it could very well be you misunderstood. So try to get more clarity about what that VP meant, what what the intent was, and whatever the intent was, then you let them know how it came across. That's what oh, I see. I see. So you're using this as part of your investigation prior to going to court. No. <laughs> it may end up to be that. <laughs> that 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 may be the path where we may end up. But yeah, but I mean that is part of the investigation. Uh, it's, I'm glad everybody laughed at that. Hopefully we don't end up in court. Uh, that is part of the investigation, but it, it's at some point you do have to start it. But it starts with a simple conversation because it may not end up being an investigation if A, the intent wasn't there and B, it wasn't as bad as you originally thought. But you still need to have that conversation and quell it. Now, if we get to the point that the VP is saying, hey, Ricky, forget you. I said what I said. That's exactly how I mean. That's when me, the business partner, tells him or her, my business partner, that, okay, this is now the way we do things here. This is our culture here. So I'm going to go ahead and let my boss know exactly the conversation we had. I suggest you you, you do the same thing, please. Yeah, but then just, but then they could come back at you like, like Andrew Cuomo did to the downstate senator and said, I can make your life very bad for you. You know, <laughs> I mean, like you could rain pain, right? I mean, I mean, they could. They not to me. I mean, because because I know how to dance around that about that dance floor. But um, no, I mean, yeah, they could say that, which is a direct violation of any handbook without me seeing it. It's so just bring it up that chain of command. Now, if you're at the top of that chain of command, you get decisions to make. You got decisions to make because if that's exactly how they're going to act, either you stay there and fight and make a big stink out, um, out of it, go to social media, get an attorney, go to the EEOC, or if you find that's just not worth your time, go somewhere else. I mean, it really is as simple as that. But you have to decide how, how, how far you want to take that. At the end of the day, it's wrong. Retaliation is wrong, but it does happen. But you got to decide how bad you want to pursue it. So from the HR perspective, given this little mock, Completely hypothetical scenario that we're talking about right here. Very. Extremely. So yeah. in this Bigly. in this particular instance, <laughs> do you also view the person that's in the HR business partner role as someone that might need to have a high level of what what we may normally call customer service, having to deal with things internally amongst oh, yeah. the organization? Um, absolutely. I tell my team all the time, you treat... The employees, no different than you treat the customers of the employees. They are our customers, right? Now, just like any customer, I'm not going to allow you guys to be berated or cursed out because that's not what you're here to do. But you still have to have a level of customer respect or human decency with one another to, to help that relationship move forward. So absolutely, internal, external customers, in my opinion, they're no different. You've got a lot of deep-seated opinions on customer service lately. <laughs> buddy <laughs> you know what something <laughs> funny you bring that up something happened to me this morning um that 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 uh it really made me think about customer service and how we view customer service today um you know back in the day jc when you and i were working our our little tiny jobs making what 425 an hour back in the 90s um we were all at, at, at least me here in florida i was always told regardless what happens the customer is always right i used to work at Universal Studios, and that was the mantra. It, it, the customer was never wrong. 
And I took that to heart. I had a great time working there. And every other job I've had, I've always kept that with me, even in HR. Uh, Marine Corps, not with that, notwithstanding. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> so, but every other job I've had, that's 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 been my my mantra. Anyway, um, my uh, eight-year-old loves pancake sandwiches, aka the McGriddle from McDonald's, right? <laughs> so so that, that's what he calls it, it, Daddy. Pancake sandwich. All right, buddy. Right. I'm gonna go. Well, you can't. Every the kid's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, no, dude. It is. <laughs> all right. It's a very good sandwich. Yeah. It, it's it's he loves it. So I'm like, all right. So every Sunday morning I wake up and I go to to the to the McDonald's down the street. Uh, I get his pancake sandwich. I get a McMuffin, some coffee, something for the wife and then come back yeah. and then get ready for the show. This morning was a little bit different. Right. Uh, so I go over there. The line like at 830 in the morning was all the way to the street, which is uncommon for a Sunday morning at this particular McDonald's. And um, I figure, wow, they've never done this. I'm here every single Sunday. Now, now for people that might not be aware, you're doing this in the drive-thru or you walked in or what are you talking drive-thru, about? Drive-thru. I'm sorry. Drive-thru. At the drive-thru. Okay. I'm at I the mean, drive-thru, it's Florida. Things could be different in Florida, you know? Um, oh, They are, but McDonald's still runs the same. Got well, it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know about this one. So anyway, so it took me, I, I want to see a good 30 minutes to get from when I started to the point between where I pay and pick up my food, right? All right. So. Yeah, so then I saw this guy come out, um, and he's going to each and every car. He's an employee. I'm assuming he's the manager. He's going to each and every car, apologizing for the wait. I'm sorry. This is not like us. Here's a coupon. Use it now. Use it later. Uh, but we are sorry. We really are backed up today. We had a, a lot of call-outs, whatever. I mean, I think he communicated too much, but I appreciated that. I really appreciated that, right? I started seeing him to the car uh, in front, then the one in front of me, then came to mine, All social right. distancing. He had his mask on. He apologized. I mean, nah, dude, I get it. It's cool. Sure. He went to the car behind me, right? So it's like 65 so wait, wait, wait. degrees. So. He skipped your car? No, no, no. He he came to my car. You got your me. coupon. You're happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I got it. I'm good. Okay. I was happy. Look, I get it, right? People call out Sunday morning, Saturday night. People had uh, great fun, and they call yeah. out. I get it. Happens. Yeah. So, but he's doing the right thing. So this is, I found out later that was the manager, right? So anyway, um, so I got, so 65 degrees, I got my, my windows down. And for those of you who don't know in Florida, um, I don't know if, if it is anywhere else in the world, in the nation, excuse me, in Florida, Chick-fil-A has, I don't know what they did, but they perfected, they perfected how to, how to kill a huge line that normally would take oh, 45 yeah. minutes during rush hour. No, I mean, dead serious. You, you really should put Chick-fil-A in charge of, like, your annual benefit sign-ups. Yes, dude. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm Bro, saying? They are they are amazing at it. Every Chick-fil-A I go in, I see the line out the door. Right. I don't worry about it because I know I'm going to be in and dude, out. Could they you, ima- that could you imagine onboarding like that? Oh. Do you know what I'm <laughs> How do you know we don't do it like that there, JC? <laughs> Ricky <laughs> works for Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Anyway, That's so okay. I'm ahead. mentioning Chick-fil-A for a reason, right? Sure. Because as the manager is going uh, to each car, I hear somebody from, from, from another car just yell out, Chick-fil-A would have had this handle in five minutes, right? Ooh. The manager, without skipping a beat, yeah. right? He just turns around and says, then why don't you go there then? Oh, my bad. They closed on Sundays, boo-boo, and just kept oh. on talking, right? <laughs> now, did that person get a coupon? 
I'm asking. I, I I'm, think I'm so asking. because they because they were in front of me, so they they talked to the manager already, right? <laughs> JC, <laughs> let me tell you, when I say the whole go ahead, line go ahead, started tell cracking up, tell me, boo boo, <laughs> the whole line started cracking up. I started laughing. That yeah. was the funniest thing I've heard all week. Right, right, right. but. It's amazing because he was so cordial with everybody. He's like, I'm sorry. I do apologize. As soon as that person said that comment, without skipping a beat, the, so, I don't know. It was some kind of ghetto flamboyance that came out. And he was just like, like kept, you know, like, uh, um, uh, uh, what do you call that? Weaving his head, kind of going like this left and right. It came out and he got, he got real with that person. But everybody started <laughs> laughing. Right. And I'm thinking, if I was his boss and I witnessed that, what would I do? And I'm like, you know what? Would I get upset? Not. I don't think I would get upset because I would understand. Um, because of, especially if you're if you're shorthanded, the line's like 30 minute wait at a McDonald's. So I get it. Frustrations run high. I'll probably coach him, but I wouldn't fire him for something like that because that a hole deserved it. Again, the customers, to me, in my opinion, the customers not right 100 percent of the time. The customer is right for a reasonable amount of time. The, <laughs> the, the customer right in this particular right instance, I mean, they were joking around. It, it's not like it was, a, come on. They were only kidding around, you know? So no, they were this joking guy, around right back. You could tell he wasn't kidding around. You could okay. tell he wasn't kidding around. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You could tell he was upset, right? But everybody started laughing. The manager was heated, though. He kept going. I just appreciate it because, look, McDonald's already has that kind of a uh, – of a stigma surrounding it that it may not be as that high of a level class of your restaurant, right? Yeah. Some of them try good, but to see that from 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 a manager, I'm like, wow, okay, that's pretty cool. I expect that from Chick Fil A. I didn't expect that from McDonald's. I'm just being honest. That's my perception of it. Yeah, sure. So sure. it was really cool to see that um, happening there. But how quickly your your somebody can break your flow you revert back to how you really are tell them exactly how it is and they go right back to your to your management persona so to, dude, to me that was great <laughs> uh, i don't know if that manager's gonna get in trouble with corporate somebody's gonna call the oh they will now number. because you brought it up they don't know which mcdonald's yeah. i went to there's <laughs> thousands of them in my zip code thousands <laughs> it's crazy so, it's crazy no yeah but that was it. So customer service, I think, from when I started working in my youth has changed quite a bit because I think we um, as employees, we are taking ourselves a little bit more seriously, which is a good thing in this in this sense. That way we don't get abused by customers. I, I, I don't like seeing a, a customer go completely off on somebody who doesn't really deserve it. Whereas if that person didn't have a uniform, they wouldn't be talking to them that way because they get plopped in the mouth. So it's, I guess my thing here is kudos to that manager. Hopefully he doesn't get in trouble because he really did make me laugh. But some customers could be a-holes. They really can. And we don't need to be patronizing with them at the end of the day. You're patronizing enough for all of us. Hey, uh, (laughs) heading over to the chat real quick, talking about the uh, bona fide qualification thing. From earlier on, uh, Rolando yeah. chimed in, said that he was denied a position as a Hooters waitress because of bona fide qualifications. Because of his beard, right? That's I have why. I know no Rolando. idea. It's because of his beard? No, it wasn't that. And then uh, Amanda Brunson <laughs> chimed in. She was very thankful for some of the stuff uh, that we were talking about earlier. 
as well as going live. That was pre-McDonald's talk right there. So big thanks to Amanda for chiming in today as well. Hey, um, Thank you, Amanda. I, I want to hit the gears and, and shift immediately with you into this topic of diversity. There's There's been a lot going on in the news over the past few weeks about diversity training, about diversity and inclusion, about some of the um, some of the special guidelines and trainings that are being put out there by everybody, right? Well, yes, right. on the TikTok, there's this kid. Uh-oh. There's this kid. He uses to handle time with my dad. And he, he focused in on advisements from Generation X. And he asked his father what he feels about diversity in general. Do you have that clip? Let's check it out. Do you ever wonder what a Gen X thinks? Welcome to Gen X Talks. Today, I'm going to be asking us some more topics. Right, Dad? I don't know what you said, but no. This is a serious, serious question. From a lot lizard like you, I doubt it. What? Okay. How do you feel about diversity quotas? Well, if you're smart enough to listen, I'll give you an answer. I'm listening. Um, diversity quotas are stupid. I want the best trained doctor doing my heart surgery. I want the best pilot flying the plane. And the best trained people come from the best candidates. The best college graduates come from the best uh, applications. It's just how it is. You know, people who want and demand diversity over quality are fucking idiots. And they're going to get what they deserve. Everybody deserves a fair chance. Everybody's good at something. And nobody's going to get left behind. Now put that in your pipe and smoke it. Talk to me, Bias. <laughs> Look, I don't know if the people on Facebook can see that, but um, if you're able to see the 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 uh, the guy talking, they were. They, were. Um, they, they saw can. it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I don't know why the camera angle is it's it was that way, but it looked it's it looked from like his the hat son. Was, his son is short. The hat looked like it was ten times smaller than what it really was. You see his face right here is so big, and the hat is right there. It's a big guy. He's a big guy. He is. So anyway, um, here's the thing. He's right and he's wrong at the same time. What do you mean? He's right that you should be able to hire the most qualified person for the position that you're hiring for. The most qualified for the position, not the most qualified. There's a difference. Um, he's wrong of diversity quotas. No organization has a diversity quota. Nobody oh. says we have to hire. Oh. Go ahead. Oh. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. You're partly right, partly wrong. Because remember okay. in California, there was the change in the rules that went into effect this year where organizations do have to meet a particular quota with the hiring on their board. What state is that again? California. Yeah, they don't belong to the United what, States of America. He was wearing a Dodgers so. hat. He's clearly in <laughs> California as well. It's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I can tell because he looks pissed. So I can tell, right? I mean, he's mad because he can't go anywhere. Everything's closed. So, I mean, his anger is understandable. But, all right, let me say this. Any any good, reasonable organization that has common sense leadership who don't live in a state that has weird, weird quota laws, they don't do things like that, Right. Now, uh, affirmative action uh, plans, affirmative action uh, processes, they they ensure or they help that you have a diverse workforce. But none of it says that you need to hire specific percentages of people to meet a specific quota. That's just not true. Now, are there organizations out there that do that? The answer is yes. Are those organizations working within the the confines of the law? 
No. And they could get sued. They will get sued for that if somebody is it's gets an attorney and they take a deep dive into that. Um, so that's why I agree with the guy. You should hire the the most qualified person for the role, regardless of race, age, gender, any of those things that are illegal in the Title Seven of the of the Civil Rights Act. Um, but let me take a deep dive, JC, real quick in the difference between hiring the most qualified and the most qualified for the role. Hiring the most qualified is somebody that has more degrees than somebody else. To me, that's the most qualified. Well, just because you got two more degrees than Bob doesn't mean you're better at this job than Bob. It just means that you have more education. I'm not concerned about the education you have as I am concerned about how you use the education you currently have for the position that I currently have open right now. That is the most qualified person for the role. And that's when I agree with him. Definitely bring those people on board. But quotas, nah, that 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 just does not happen. It's outside of California. <laughs> Outside of California under the uh, specific rules that they're in right now with the boards, et cetera. Yeah, no, I got That's you. Right. I got you. That's right. Um, so springboarding from that, there was some some scuttlebutt, some news that was going around about a company called Coca-Cola. Now, hey, real I, quick. I, I don't real, have any real, articles to substantiate this. Yes, go ahead. I got this. If, if Rolando's still on, he should see the cup that I'm using today. This is St. Tony. And this is a cup that uh, was given to me by Mr. Rolando for Christmas. And I do appreciate uh, because um, he and I go way back to the Soprano days before back when it was on HBO. And uh, we love the Sopranos. 20 years later, still one of the best shows out there. So thank you, Rollo. That was it. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, JC. Keep going. You were saying something about Coca-Cola. Yeah. There was uh, there was a few videos out there on the Tiki Taki as well as uh, some social media posts about Coca-Cola providing diversity training to their workforce this past week. Supposedly and allegedly, they uh, conducted it via LinkedIn and it upset what? some people. It upset oh. some people due to some of the content that was seen within. Now, I, again, don't have any articles to substantiate this. I do encourage checking out the Google box Trying to pull up an article or two. Let's check out that clip, though. This is Coca-Cola online diversity training via TikTok there. What's that guy's handle you got? Oh, we got some breaking news. Uh, we're not seeing Eternal it. Eternal whistleblower who works for Coke. Oh, my God. Damn you, intern. I see your iCloud thing. That's about it. That's about it. That's weird. This is where I'm supposed to go. All right, here we go. You ready? Yep. All right. Well, now let's do this again. We're getting there, JC. We're getting there. We be I. All right. Here we go again. Here's what happens, man. I'll tell you what, that intern had way too much fun last night. So we got some breaking news. An internal whistleblower who works for Coca-Cola leaked screenshots at the newest training Coca-Cola has rolled out to its employees. And boy, oh boy, is it a doozy. I shit you not. Their training says try to be less white. The training hosted by Coca-Cola was done so via LinkedIn as part of their in-learning. And yes, the training is real. I pulled it up myself. The course is titled Understanding What It Means to Be White, Challenging What It Means to Be Racist. So let's take a look at a couple of the slides. Confronting racism. <laughs> Understanding what it means to be white. Challenging what it means to be racist. To be less white is to... To be less white is to... Be less oppressive, oh arrogant, God. certain and defensive, ignorant. Be more humble. Listen and believe. 
Break with apathy and white solidarity. Basically sit down, shut up, and stop talking. Here's a good one. White people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. Wow. This is great. In summary, be less white. So we got some breaking news. All right. All right. So, so Coca-Cola is basically teaching people how to be a supremacist by asking them not to be. I'm, I'm confused by this. What are your thoughts? Initially, my first thought is I am going to run for Congress. I am going to get into politics. And the first order of business is going to be I'm going to amend. I'm going to try to amend Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. And I'm going to include something else in there. Uh, above and beyond, you can't discriminate based on age, race, sexual orientation, you know, all those other things. I'm going to include it being illegal to talk like this. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so freaking annoying. Him talking like that is that took away from the message because <laughs> I heard Coca-Cola be less white, more oppressive. But then everything else was a stupid voice. So what happened? I'm sorry, bro. What are your thoughts about that? <laughs> what do you think about that? All right. Like from a diversity and inclusion training perspective. Here's the thing. Uh, Coca-Cola is a huge, valuable, world-recognized brand. Right. And for them to throw something on there like that, it's baffling. Now, is it possible? Absolutely, it's possible that they did it. Um, I want to give it the benefit of the doubt and see. I want to see it in context. What exactly did they mean? Is that one of the objectives? I want to see it in context because, you know, you can take a snapshot of anything, spin it any which way, and it takes it completely out of the spirit in which it was communicated in the first place. Right. It, I, I can't think of any way where that would be taken out of the context of the, the what he's talking about. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I can't. And. If that's what Coca-Cola is doing now, I'm pretty sure Coca-Cola didn't create that, but I'm sure they hired a third party organization to put that together. And maybe they didn't put it through the right test to see if this is something they wanted to show. But holy crap. Now, wait, if though, that is true, wait, though, we're in trouble. Even though even though it's given on by Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola might be the parent company, wouldn't you think that's responsible? Yeah. But wouldn't you think that Sprite will give the training? I mean, they're the lighter cola. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you figure if he's saying Coca-Cola is saying be less white. So they're saying be less like Coca-Cola. Oh, more like that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, I don't think, know, man. I think they they did it right. If that's the case. Hey, uh, Rollo is yes. chiming in in the chat. He's asking whether or not this is real. Uh, th this is just from the little bit of research that we found. Feel free to plug it into your Google box. Check that out. See if you uh, find anything more on that diversity training than Coca-Cola. If you do drop it in the uh in the links it's, there, we'll be more than happy to continue. I'll tell to you this: dive if this is real, yeah. if this is real, and that it's not taken out of context, Coca-Cola is in trouble. Is in trouble. Why? That, that is not. That's not diversity training. Think about it. You're you're putting. Now if it's I'm real, getting the Ricky bias I want. Yeah. Go ahead. No, <laughs> no, because that's not. If you are telling somebody be less of you, something you can't control. That falls into the same realm that got everybody in trouble that causes you to need a diversity program training in the first place. Because you're telling somebody who can't control who they are, what they do, to control who they are, what they do. That's not diversity. That's not at all. And it's if you want to be inclusive, you want to celebrate what those differences are, not talk about just how different they are. Yes, um, understand those differences. You've got to understand them. Um, 
but to um, tell somebody because you're different, be less of who you are so nobody else feels oppressed. Yeah, you're different. Yeah. So be less different. Yeah, be <laughs> be more alike, right? Be right. more alike. Right. So, look, if it's true, they're in trouble, bro. Yeah, they're, man. Who was it last year? Somebody did this. Was it? Um, it was, I I think it was. Um, uh, God, I'm almost a hundred percent sure. I know who it was. I can't say who it was. Um, yeah, me neither. Yeah. yeah, somebody else did this last yeah. year. Same kind of situation. It's somebody going around. Took a picture of it. It's going around. Yeah. Hey. Um, so no. Crazy stuff happening across the United States this past oh week. God. A lot of businesses yeah. in Texas have been really, really struggling over the past week when we're talking about the weather. Uh, you've got places in Texas that normally average, you know, in the 70s all year long. They're used to that 100, 115 degree heat. They've been down to zero degrees. It's been a little brutal, right? And it in has. the process, the power grid can't handle what's happening. The power is going out left and right. People are losing access to power mm -hmm. in the process of that though some of these power companies that are out there are still billing quote unquote accordingly oh as as time has gone by here the cost of electricity has gone up those that continue to retain access to power have in turn had to pay more money there's people receiving bills of two thousand, three thousand, five thousand, ten thousand oh, dollars for their electric. We've got a couple clips. There is something really big going on in Texas, and you need to know about it. So, welcome to American Fucking Texas News. I don't need to tell you guys what's going on in Texas right now, but what you're not hearing about is the individuals that do still have electricity are getting fucked. Here in California, the average price per kilowatt hour is somewhere around sixty to seventy cents. And that's really expensive. You want to know what it is in Texas right now? We have three days worth of data. The first day, it's $6. Her energy cost was $900 wow. for the day. The next day, it was $2.08. Energy, three grand. $9.03, up to $1,000 for that day. Bringing her grand total to almost $5,000. We're in a fucking pandemic and a fucking recession. And they have the fucking audacity to charge people $9 a kilowatt hour. So if you don't freeze to death and die or run out of water, they're just going to put you in poverty for the rest of your fucking life. Tag fucking everyone in this. Why isn't the news covering this? There is something really big going. That's a very big question. Why isn't the news covering it? That's Rick uh, Rich Tick Toxic via a yeah. duet from Joe Gillespie, the great, great guy. Real fun guy on the TikTok right there. But it's a, it's a real story that's going on. It's happening down there. We do have another clip, though, as well, don't we? We do. We do. Hold on. Let me bring that out real quick. We definitely do. I and can't even imagine from a corporate responsibility perspective when we're talking about leadership at the end of the day, how something like this could take place. Well, I, let's find I'm out. Blown away. Here, um, you shut off the electricity that I actually paid for, leaving me with nothing. But then you charge me thousands of dollars for electricity I never got. Oh, okay. People are upset. Skyrocketing electrical bills is the reality that some are dealing with. For Sunday alone, she used 112 kilowatts and it was $146. For Monday, she used 70 kilowatts and she spent $573. How much? $573 for one day. Rio says he uses Gritty, 
On Monday, the Public Utility Council raised the price of wholesale electricity to $9,000 a megawatt, translating to about $9 a kilowatt. The storm itself was natural. The aftermath has been mad. All right, so that I'm... That is absolutely insane, Ricky Baez. I got questions. I got questions. I got questions. So do I. So did they really pay that? I don't know. I don't know if people are paying it or not paying it or the bills are just going out. And maybe it was a computer adjustment thing. Even so, if it's a computer adjustment thing to let that go out, the PR nightmare that's on the backside of that from leadership perspective, if someone's raising the flag saying, hey, this is an issue, you're going to cut it off at the pass. This actually is moving forward, though. Let me break this down. Let me break this down here. Now, I have no other knowledge of this other than what you just showed. uh, But this is just common sense coming coming to you. Get ready. So common sense would dictate with everything happening. I'm pretty sure that these these power grids. Oh, wait, 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 wait. A drop of knowledge with Professor Bias. Common sense would dictate that these are these power grid companies they have an algorithm that says if it goes up it goes down change it to this change it to that like they do every single month because these surges or or peaks and valleys have gone off the grid no pun intended then maybe yes that algorithm is off whack and it send out those bills the whole state is in a state of emergency i'm pretty sure every Every person working for those power grids are working on getting the power grids back. Nobody's thinking about what the bill is going to look like at the moment. So, yes, when because those things are are on autopilot, they go out, a machine prints it and go out. Says an organization so big, it takes time for the right hand to fully understand what the left hand is doing. But I think that just went out. It was an, an algorithm mistake. And because of these surges, then that's what you see all those prices. But I Dude, here's highly hoping. doubt here's they're going to go after anybody mistake. for that. I really hope huh? it's a mistake at the end of the day. I mean, when it's reported by media companies like NBC News that always tells the truth and never lies, then you know it's <laughs> got to be real. I mean. But, I mean, do you really see this power company going after a a, a, a family for $9,000 in one month? for How an crazy bill? is that, right? I, I mean, mean, either... It, <laughs> It's either that or they're growing weed. One of the two. What's happening here, right? <laughs> so one of those two things are happening. But for them to go after them, I, I, I almost want to bet. Actually, I do want to bet. I bet you $100 that it was just that. It was just a fluke. They're not really doing that. Complaining, people. Man-made bets with Ricky Baez. <laughs> Man-made bets versus... Non-man-made you bets? talked about the right hand not knowing what the left hand's doing, and we were talking about leadership to a certain degree there. We've had yeah. quite a thing going on in New York State when it comes to leadership and right hands and left hands. Well, there's no right hands. There's only left hands. It's like a NASCAR <laughs> race. There's only left hand turns. You can never make any other turn and you have to stay on the track. Go off the yeah. track and we're gonna we're gonna steal your wheels, is pretty yeah. much all it comes down to. So there was some news that came out over the past week, and we want to drill in from that leadership perspective right now, right? There's some news that came out over the past week that there's uh, been some issues reported in New York State with the number of cases related to COVID uh, that of people that have passed away uh, that was actually held undercover and concealed from media outlets. 
and we do have a few clips on that, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing you dissect this, Baez. Shit still getting weird. Part infinity. Say this one time and one time only. I am not a Trump supporter, but if you follow me and you think that Trump should have been impeached, but not Andrew Cuomo for what he did, hit that unfollow button and then kick rock. Now that I got that out the way, let's get into the shits. Don't know by now, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's secretary came out and said that they were covering up the actual numbers of nursing home deaths due to COVID-19. You know what pisses me off even more than the cover up? is the fact that he gets on national television and fucking lies about everything. He lies and says that, oh, we were just busy. Lies and then tries to spin the blame over to the for-profit nursing homes. And we gave this motherfucker an Emmy? For what? The best liar? This shit's giving me a fucking headache. But hey, cancel culture, we got a real candidate over here for you. Don't be quiet. Get to work! Get- what? What? You know what that remind me of? Ever seen Kermit really pissed off? That's what that reminds me of. It reminds me of Kermit the Frog. Hey there. Really, hey, really pissed Ricky off. Baez, how are you? <laughs> I, I really never get upset about anything over here. <laughs> I Man, think that we have another Cuomo clip coming up with uh, clip number two there, Baez. Oh, yeah, coming up right now. Yeah, Hold good. on one second. Yeah. Hold on one second. <laughs> Being green. <laughs> right. If you're a liberal or a conservative, we all know that Andrew Cuomo is one of the worst governors to ever exist in American history. We also know that his state has some of the strictest COVID regulations, yet somehow they have some of the highest COVID numbers. Well, Fox just dropped this story. Cuomo aide tells New York Democrats administration hid nursing home data to keep it from Trump. Um, are we surprised? Not at all. We all know that they push this agenda to make it look like lockdowns work, to make it look like stricter COVID regulations worked. But a state like Florida with some of the least COVID regulations is actually recovering very fast. Thanks to their awesome governor, Ron DeSantis. Ron, if you're seeing this, please run for president. Also, I think it's so funny how Democratic states all of a sudden want to reopen as soon as Biden gets into office. Oh, all the glory to Biden. What a great president. I am not giving any hate to the left. I'm genuinely begging y'all to wake up. We just want to tell y'all the truth, but it's really hard because every time we open our mouths, we're censored. All right. There's there's a a lot of stuff being conflated right now, though, too, between the messages because politics are so deeply involved. But at the same time, the the leader associated with this is the person that covered up the fact that there were more deaths happening within nursing homes than what they were willing to report to the news and the media. And there were people dying left and right. The numbers yeah. were, are astronomical. And the governor actually had ordered people be put into nursing homes that had COVID. And then the spread of COVID took place and family members lost their loved ones due Not to the executive decisions. Not a good look whatsoever, right? Not a good look. Now, uh, <laughs> let's take the political spin out of it there a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. That lady that just went on the ticky-tocky on her little rant did tag Governor Cuomo in her particular <laughs> response. Is that right, Baez? Yeah, yeah, she did. Actually, hold on. Let me bring that up because she does want Governor Cuomo to see this. So she tagged him, and this is the results, if I can find it here real quick, right here. If you're a liberal or a conservative, we all know that Andrew Cuomo is one of the worst governors to ever exist in American history. Hey, girly. So, um, 
crazy thing. I think you accidentally tagged me. My name is not, in fact, Andrew Cuomo. I just <gasps> stole the username just like those darn Democrats during the election. Um, maybe check who you're tagging next time. Also, by the way, just wanted to let you know, uh, Florida is not an example of who we should follow in terms of COVID regulation. If anybody, we should be looking towards, you know, the countries that have nearly zero COVID cases now because they did a massive shutdown, mm-hmm. a massive shutdown, and they all got the hell away from each other. Anyway, fuck Trump <laughs> and also Cuomo. Yeah, you got that one right. <laughs> All right, we've got a lot of divisions in this country, people pulling things left and right. And let's let's come back to the center for a second here yeah. and talk about from that leadership perspective, what's going on in New York State, how you interpret that, as well as uh, your thoughts on Florida during these uh, times. So, look, as a leader, he's in trouble. Yeah, man, you you the. The most important thing in leadership is being authentic. It really is. It's having the backbone to communicate great information and communicate horrible information as well, but also to keep keep calm, keep it, it keep quell all the fears and let everybody know we're in charge. We're going to take care of this, but it is my responsibility to let you know the dire um, um, uh, criticalness of this issue right now. He didn't do that. <laughs> he didn't do that at all. And when you do things like it, it's just I don't understand what goes through people's minds. Well, I guess I do. Right. Because they're like, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want it to look like what it is. So let me just botch these numbers, not knowing that hiding things, hiding information makes it look worse than the actual information you're hiding. Right. So as a leader, yeah, he screwed that one up very much. Um, and he should, 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 he should, should have communicated those numbers and dealt with those consequences, whatever they are. Now, let me address Florida. All right. Because, yeah, on the show, we talk about uh, the Florida man story and all those things. And, JC, I don't know if you know your camera's off. It's, it's been off about 10 minutes now. Yeah, no, I don't it, know if you it gives okay. the software an opportunity to zoom in back on you automatically Aww, and hone sweet. in when you're making heavy comments like that. So it's OK. Oh, go oh, ahead. Oh, got it. Here we go. Ready. All right. Heavy comment. No music. It's okay. No, but uh, but but seriously, in Florida, actually, last night I sent you a video. Actually, it's on the TikTok, on the HR Talk TikTok. We went to Rock and Brews last night, and yes, there was people sitting all over the place. Yes, there was social distancing involved. You may not have seen it from from the video, but at in the in between every booth, there's a glass um a pane that separates people. Right? You wear a mask everywhere except sitting down while you're eating or consuming drinks, whatever the case may be. But let me tell you, it's working. It's working for all you states out there that believe in shutdowns. And I get it. This isn't a political statement. This is from my experience. It's working in Florida. People are working. The economy is coming back. Disney yesterday had an insane amount of people going to it. People are getting used to these new social distancing guidelines. I'm going to catch heat for this, but I'm going to say it. Our governor is doing a pretty good job at it. He is. He may be messing some things up, but he's doing a good job because what he's worried about is the economy. Yes. He's worried about vaccines. I don't know what broke there. But, there was, the, uh, there was a glass. That. There was a glass between your booths. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> You're break, someone's it. breaking the glass trying to attack you right now. No. 
but but people get so upset over that. And you know what? Did we mess it up at the beginning? Absolutely. But we nobody's done this before. In order for you to get good at social distancing with big organizations and small businesses, it's for you to implement it, try it out. When you mess up, you adjust, recalibrate, and do it again. And that's what we've been doing for almost a year. So Florida is the template everybody else should be using. They really should. You you Look held at- the Super Bowl. You had people there in person. You're figuring out ways to do conferences in person as mm-hmm. well. Just like April 21st of this year at the Crown Plaza in Melbourne, Florida, where you'll be able to see me and Ricky at the Space Coast HR Conference. You're figuring out ways to make these magical things happen and keep yeah. moving forward. Talking about moving forward, Baez, if you could for me, pull up that uh, NBCNewYork.com. The Brooklyn woman fired from the job after not getting vaccine. There's a video clip there. I really, really need you to play. But first, before you do. Current events this week is brought to you in part by our intern. Thank you out to our intern for getting everything ready with the clips today and getting things prepared. <laughs> also, a special thank you going out to my spiritual advisor, Randy, for all the assistance in preparing for today. All right, Ricky, do you have that uh, NBCNewYork.com clip pulled up by chance? They do have a nice video clip there to play if you've got that. Brooklyn, I'm stuck on spiritual advisor. Uh, Brooklyn woman fire from job. That yeah, one? yeah, yeah, yeah. Come down just a touch and let's uh, let's check that clip right there if you could, please. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right. All right, it's playing. It's supposed to play. I see a little circle yeah, going I, around. I see you got a little special. So we're probably going to get an advertisement for my pillow. You know. Well, well. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Check out this jacket. Way rates. Ooh, shop now. Let me yeah, they're not even paying to be on the program right here, too. They're, 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 you know what? I'm going to kill you right there. You know what? Let's just read it's it. It's okay. Right? End of the day, a former waitress in Brooklyn <laughs> says that uh, there's a lot of uncertainty about this vaccine for COVID-19, and it's going to cost her her job at the end of the day. Bonnie Jackson, uh, she worked over at the uh, Red Hook Tavern, and ultimately... She said last week that she was planning on getting the vaccine at some point after it had been extended to restaurant workers. Quote, I was honest. I'm not going to do it quite yet, Jacobson said. That's that's Bonnie's last name. Bonnie's a very good person. I do have my reservations about it. I need to talk to a doctor just to see how I feel, she said. No problem. Now, the employee emphasized that she was not an anti-vaxxer, right? She's been planning and trying to have a kid for a very long time now. She said she's extremely concerned that getting this vaccine right now, the mRNA uh, variant, right? It could delay her hopes of having children in the future. There's very strong emphasis out there about if you're pregnant or planning to get pregnant, don't take this right now because they don't know what's going to happen. Because remember, it's it's not an actual uh, dead virus vaccine. It's a genetic modification that attacks spiky things, right? So, quote, my husband and I just got married. And we're planning on starting uh, to try to have kids in August. It's been postponed. I'd hate for something to happen and me to get the vaccine. And we have to hold off a few more years. So the restaurant told her that getting the vaccine is not going to be required. But just days ago, the tavern changed its rules and told her in an email that she she received this past week or so. They respect her decision, but they've implemented policy to maintain a safe working environment. The email to the employee 
said specifically at at this time, your employment will be terminated, period. And we're sad to see you go. The employee absolutely stunned by the move. Unsure whether or not she's contacted an employment labor attorney yet. If not, Paige Sparks, get on that. That's right. (laughs) She was blown away. She was totally blown away. Um, She's been working outdoors all winter long, trying to make ends meet. 13-hour doubles, like on Valentine's Day, didn't didn't spend the time with her loved ones. And it's a very hot topic right now. At the end of the day, quote, I haven't heard of a company taking the extreme step of this, um, that extreme of a step, end quote, uh, said employment attorney Felicia Ennis. The EEO makes it clear termination should be the last resort before you terminate anybody. You have to really be able to show why that particular person is going to pose a significant or as they call or they call it a direct threat, said employment labor attorney Ennis. There's a lot that goes into this. It's a very long story. There's a lot more going on there. I'm sure we're going to see that in the courts coming up soon. Yeah. That is from NBCNewYork.com. Coronavirus. Brooklyn woman fired from job after not getting vaccine because she wanted to wait. Written by Jackie Beckford. Ricky Baez, over to you. That That's a tough one. Here's why. I understand both points. I understand. So first of all, I understand the employee's reservation for it, especially if they want to start a family, right? So essentially what the what the the choices that the employee was given either delay starting a family or lose your job. That's it, right? Pretty much. And that's a crappy situation to be in. Now, from the employer's perspective, Hear me out, people, because not everybody's going to jump down my throat as soon as I say this. I understand their position. I understand why they would require people to get vaccines. If they are a restaurant, as a business owner, they have to ensure they are protected in case somebody at their, a, a patron, a customer, a guest at the restaurant catches COVID from one of their staff, and now they get sued and they're out of business. I completely understand that. But at the end of the day, I'm not an attorney, but I got to tell you, that's a bad business move. It's I, I, bad I found something. I found move. something further down this article. If you could pull it back up for me, it's going to yeah. be like the third to last paragraph. We have a great quote there directly from the owner of the tavern. I want to make sure that we get this up on the screen. Very important. Says down there, the owner of the Red Hook Tavern, Billy Durney, said in a statement that, quote, once New York State allowed restaurant workers to receive the COVID-19 vaccine, we thought this was a perfect opportunity to put a plan in place to keep our team and guests safe. Mm -hmm. No one has faced these challenges before, and we made a decision that we thought would be best protest everyone. I think they meant protect, but okay. Best protest, hands down. They're going to be out there with picket signs. Yeah, great job, guys. (laughs) Great job. Good writing there, Cheeky. Yeah, All right. (laughs) And now we realize that we need to update our policies so it's clearer to our team, how the process works and what we can do to support them. No, no, sorry, too late, too late, too late. It, it, it's um, I don't, I don't know the, what kind of business. paragraph right before that though. Look at the paragraph right before that. The bar's the, management said on Wednesday, okay, that they were still requiring workers to get the vaccine, but added that employees can request a reasonable accommodation or exemption. By law, they the have fact, to. After the fact. <laughs> All right, we fired the one person who's opposing this. <laughs> But from here forward, we'll provide accommodation, no problem. Awesome. Well, yeah, look, look, dude, um, they screwed up. 
they screwed up big time. Again, I, I, I understand the business position, right? And, and that's exactly what I thought, that uh, they were just trying to protect everybody. They're trying to protect themselves, their guests, and, and their team members. But that was just a bad move. This is when talking to an HR consultant would help them immensely. Yes, you can talk to an attorney. But in my personal opinion, um, uh, attorneys are really expensive and they're very necessary when you really screw up. Right. Um, if you have a screwed up yet to prevent you from from screwing up, you got to see an HR consultant like me, like Wendy, the HR lady sellers and a bunch of other ones out there. Um, it, it's you really should see them to prevent things like this from happening, um, because I would advise this organization. I would advise them not to put a mandate out there to everybody to get vaccines. Ricky, how, how do we get people safe? Implement social distancing protocols and hold people accountable to them. It really is that easy. It really is that easy because all it takes is for somebody to say they're right in what they said. They said they can request a reasonable accommodation or exemption. Yeah, that's called the Americans with, the, with Disabilities Act, ADA. Somebody got to say, I don't want to do that for a, for ABC reason or religious reasons. I don't have to do that. And they have to entertain that notion and have a conversation on what's the best way to approach it. It is. And the reasonable combination is going to be I don't have to get it because otherwise they're going to have to put on a case to show how me not having a vaccine is a hardship to the organization. They're going to have a hard time with that. They C really are coming full circle on the topic right here regarding the pregnancy aspect of it all. News this past week, Pfizer and BioNTech have started a international study with 4000 volunteers to evaluate the safety and effectiveness of their COVID-19 vaccine in healthy pregnant women. The company said this past Thursday, pregnant women are at higher risk of developing severe COVID-19 and many public health Ooh. officials have recommended some women in high risk professions take the vaccine, even without proof that it is safe for them. Last week, the U.S. National Institutes of Health called for greater inclusion of pregnant and lactating women in COVID-19 vaccine research. Drug makers have said that they first need to make sure vaccines are safe and effective, more generally speaking. Pregnant women in the U.S. have already received their first doses. The companies have made in their official statement. Women will receive the vaccine during weeks 23, uh, weeks 24 to 34 of gestation, getting two shots 21 days apart. The same regimen used in the larger clinical trial. Shortly after giving birth, participants who got a placebo in the trial will be given the opportunity to get the actual vaccine while the remaining part of the study, uh, according to the companies. So this is from CNBC.com. Pfizer, BioNTech start testing COVID-19 vaccine in pregnant women, published Thursday, February 18th. Big topics this week. Dude, it, it, yeah, that that's actually, that's a really good one. I don't know. Red Hook. Red Hook Tavern. Where is this? is in New York. What's the, um? wasn't there a Red Hook Tavern that kicked um the uh, Huckabee Sanders out of a restaurant a few years ago? Yeah, I have no in idea. Yeah, that was in D.C. Sorry. It's just Red Hook. It just kind of got me. Yeah, I tell you, you know what, JC? Tell We've me. seen some blunders in leadership this week. We we really have. This restaurant owner, a blunder. Cuomo, a blunder, right? Ted Cruz, a blunder, also as well. He decides to go to Cancun and then changes course when his whole when his whole state is freezing over. Again, it's just a leadership blunder. And I'm starting to wonder if Along with uh, how, how things are changing in, in the world today, in the business world, America, the world with COVID and everything, are we starting to realize, 
um, these people that we thought so as leaders are being put to the test and they weren't as strong leaders as we initially thought. So I'm kind of grateful we're going through these times in a way because it shows who really should be in leadership positions and who's not supposed to be in leadership well, positions. Well, let's normalize, we need to remember let's that normalize later humanity a bit, though, too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no one's infallible at the end of the day. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone, yep. everyone does their things uh, through the course of their lives, and it's okay at times in your life to change your mindset and perspective. If, if, if you are strictly pitted, I'm I'm on this side or I'm on that side, and that's all I'm going to do for the rest of my life because that's what my father did and his father did, and that's what I was told to do every day when I went to work and checked in at the clock and did this and that. Are you actually doing yourself a favor or a disservice at the end of the day? Because at the end of the day, if if you disagree with something that's over here, you agree with something more over here, but you don't want to be pulled this far apart, Come back to what Rage Against the Machine told you in the 1990s, right? And let's uh, let let's not do what they told you. You know what I'm saying? Let's K- be your killing own individual. In the name of? No, That's what I you're killing me. You're killing me right now. Oh, oh my god! Oh my gosh! Look, name a song. That's the one that came to my mind. It's okay. But okay, got it. You do you, and I won't judge you for it. But at the end of the day, you it's are. okay to have like have a shift in your mindset over time. It's okay to be human. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when, when, when you're pulled apart so far and pinned against each other on very specific issues for no other reason than dismantling one or the other for the gaining of control, well, you lose some good people in the process. You do. No, you do. I get you. I get you. And and you are you are a thousand you are a thousand percent correct on that. It's you you're supposed you're you're supposed to learn every day. You're supposed to learn every week. You're supposed to be a different person this year than what you were last year. So yes, if you grew up with the notion, this is how this is my thought process because this is what my father and mother did and grandparents and other other, other relatives, and you don't shift your mindset, you're you're setting yourself up for failure. Because the world around you is going to evolve. Everybody else around you is going to evolve. Everything you work, everything you touch, every person you talk to, they evolve, whether it's day by day, hour by hour, week by week, generation by generation. But if you're going to keep that mindset, that fundamental mindset, and I use that term not in the most positive way, um, you are going to have some issues when that train, that common sense train hits the station and it leaves you just because you refuse to abide by that schedule. So, yeah, I'm with you 100 percent. Now, with that said, there are some things that are fundamental when it comes to to leadership. And then you have to question people's rationale, people's um, uh, uh, position when when they do dumb things like that, when they when they just leave the state, when you when you're that leader, when you decide to botch and 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 cover up death, when you're the leader of that state, it just it's the lack of authenticity is what I'm starting to notice. That's re- no, I'm sorry. The lack of authenticity is out there, and I'm starting to notice all those leaders out there who people thought they had that skill set, but they're just not there. It was all smoke and mirrors. And we'll see what's going to happen this year as this thing continues on, because it doesn't look like it's going to go away anytime soon. So we have to really sit back, readjust and recalibrate what we expect from our leaders to do and what we should do in the process. I find it really interesting how Elon Musk came out, though, and he was talking about being rational during these times. And there's too many irrational trains of thought. 
You know, he's he's got a good point with that from his leadership perspective. I got a sense you don't like him, though. No, Elon Musk? No, I think he's a genius, bro. So they, What do you I, mean? That? I'm saying at the... No, you had that look on your face. Maybe it's something that's oh, in no, your no, no, cup no. that you just drank. I got no idea. No, it's but just something in my cup. <laughs> No. Let me tell no, you, no. you know, that he has a point about being rational nowadays compared to being irrational. So so can we dive into that real quick? If what you is need to, I do have the next current event ready when you are. Wh- what is he considering irrational? I don't have the article pulled up. We should definitely save saying- that for next week, though. Or grab the article real quick. Grab the article. Grab something. <laughs> Go ahead. Google Elon Musk rational. You know, see what you can rational. find. Hold on a second. Let me find them real quick. Let me find them. Yeah, because um, here's the thing. Um, rational. You have to understand what he perceives as being rational. I get what he's saying, and I totally understand, and 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 I agree with what he is saying. But rational to one person could be different from this person and that person and any other person out there. So there has to be some kind of a common understanding. What is rational? And that's when common sense comes into play. So here's Elon Musk's rationale on taking Tesla's private. Okay, that's 2018. There's nothing recent here, man. How how uh, how old was that article? Elon Musk's powerful ways of thinking has led to success. Yeah, we're gonna have to come back to the article later on, then, bro, because um, I wanted to take a deep dive on rationale, on being rational, and common sense, right? Because with, uh, with, so with, with, this with pandemic, that being said, though, honestly, I mean, at the end of the day, being rational with common sense, we don't have the article right now to support it to do the deep dive. So I want to thank you for agreeing on that. Okay. <laughs> no point in getting into a story that you really can't dissect if you don't have anything with you at hand yeah, right sure. then. Yeah, no. But talking about COVID-19, we do have a story for you here just playing off the last one. This is directly from insurancejournal.com. Many firms aren't paying OSHA fines as right now levied for COVID-19 safety violations. Stop by insurancejournal.com. This was written by Chris Kirkham. Now, workplace safety regulators announced more than $4 million in penalties on more than 300 employers. And it's allegedly putting workers at risk during the COVID-19 pandemic. Two-thirds of the employers are not paying their current fines. Only 108 companies have paid a total of $897,000 in COVID-19 fines as of last week, according to OSHA, since the pandemic hit in the United States. Now, those who haven't paid include meatpacking giants and other well-known companies throughout the United States. More than half of employers cited in the COVID-19 safety problems by OSHA have appealed, according to Reuters, which is the root of this article right here, cited by Insurance Journal. Payment delays involve relatively small fines, averaging about $13,000 that are not effective deterrent. Especially for large companies, five current and former OSHA officials told Reuters. It sends a message who is now, a pro, uh, according to Michaels, David Michaels, who led OSHA during the Obama administration, quote, this sends a message. It's just sending the wrong message. James <laughs> Frederick, acting head of OSHA, did not directly address the Reuters findings, but said that the agency has taken a hard look at enforcement efforts related to COVID-19. Reuters did examine citations issued by OSHA, but not those issued by OSHA affiliates who handle enforcement in about half the states. Pocket change fines, 
OSHA does uh, OSHA find a company called JBS fifteen thousand six hundred fifteen dollars in September for violations at its beef plant in Colorado. Six workers died there. Two hundred ninety tested positive for the virus through the end of July. And the same month, it levied $13,494 in fines to another organization in South Dakota in that meatpacking industry. Many companies are currently fighting the relatively small fines because of many violations could open up a firm to more costly workers' compensation claims through wrongful death lawsuits. The article goes on for a very long time. It's a great piece. It uh, dives deep. Chris Kirkham, the author of this through insurancejournal.com. Bye, it's over to you. So what are they going to do, right? It's it's. I get that uh, they're being fined. They violated. So I guess my question is, what are they going to do with those unpaid fines? Are they going to shut them down? Are they really going to shut down that organization and that community and really hurt the economy there? I mean, I don't know. But at some point, you do have to amend the fines you're giving to to kind of equal or equate the current pandemic that's happening right now, right? You can't dish those out at the same uh, um, uh, at the same price as you would in a regular year. So, of course, if you violate enough, you're going to get eighty, a hundred thousand dollars, even three hundred thousand dollars in fines. And if they actually have to pay that, aren't they going to go out of business? And doesn't that hurt the economy? I, can I think see that you've being got an some issue right now. really great questions for our employment labor attorney friends out there that are currently dealing with a lot of the OSHA regulations, yeah. updates, and possible. Uh, possible suits as they move forward. If anyone does want to chime in on that, we'd love to uh, get that private message from you to hear a little bit more. Hey, uh, normally at this time in the show, we do our special Florida stories segment. But before we do... Folks let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. Let's get you back. The customer is not always right. The customer may be right at that moment in time, but the second they cross over into insulting your employees, that customer needs to be fired. Inspirational quotes with Ricky Baez. Put me off guard with that. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man Stories. Florida Man Stories. We've got one primary article for you this week. This is coming to us directly from the DailyBeast.com. Lower than low, Florida Man robbed people's homes as they attended funerals. Written by Anna Lucia Murillo. Murillo. This particular Florida burglar allegedly targeted people's homes while they were attending funerals, hitting the houses during the daytime, grabbing the cash, jewelry, guns, silver, and more. Ronnie Rose, 42 years old. He was arrested earlier this week. He's facing 10 counts of burglary and more than a dozen counts of grand theft. He was finally caught after his rental car was spotted and identified as being present during one of the burglaries. Cops officially noticed that there were nine more burglaries over the past few months where the residents have been away at funerals that were publicly listed. People who burglarize or steal are low, 
So victimizing people during a time when they're grieving the loss of a loved one, that's lower than low. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd said in a press release, someone who is willing to take advantage of people at a time like this has no compassion or consideration and is truly a menace to society. I love how you put in there that this is not only low, but it's lower than low. I bet when he was writing that, he's like, this is going to sound so great. It's going to be a sound bite, like on those HR talk guys. They're going to talk about this line. That is slow, though. <laughs> I mean, come on. But then again, I, I, I've been surprised every year by both how great people can be um, and by how horrible they can be. Right. And that some people get in a bad spot so bad that in their minds, they don't think they're doing anything wrong as long as they go. They're looking out for number one. But holy crap, they just lost a loved one. They've got to spend like twenty thousand dollars in um, in uh, uh, funeral costs. And now to go home to find out they were burglarized and talk about a joker in the making. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what that's that's what creates people like that. Your last story of the day. A little bit of a surprise story, Buzz. You were not expecting a second Florida man story. This is coming from TheGuardian.com. Guardian.com. Florida women near Florida women wear granny disguise to get COVID-19 vaccine. Written by Kevin (laughs) Rawlson. Two Florida women, aged 34 and 44 years old, dressed up as grannies, wearing bonnets and gloves, in a failed attempt to pass... Pass off as old enough to be eligible for coronavirus jabs, according to local media reports. WFTV, an ABC-affiliated TV station in Orlando, reported that the pair of women had valid vaccine cards after having their first shots, but they were denied their second shots. It quoted the Orange County Health Officer, Director uh, Dr. Ra- Raul Pino. Holy garbage, I had a heck of a time with that sentence. Let me start it over. It's it such quoted- a simple name. <laughs> It's okay. Sorry about that. It quoted the Orange County Health (laughs) Officer, Dr. Raul Pino, as saying, I don't know how they escaped detection for the first time, but they came with the gloves, the glasses, the whole thing, and they're probably in their 20s. The real ages emerged later. A WFTV reporter said, after checking into this, according to the station, the two women were turned over to police. Officers said they were asked to issue trespass warnings and no other action was taken. JC, they really wore what? Gloves and bonnets? Yes. So their their plan was to look like gra- a grandma from like the Bugs Bunny cartoon? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what grandma wears bonnet and gloves these days in Florida? Florida woman, 34 <laughs> and 44 years old. Wow, what idiots, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> they are idiots. Oh, <laughs> uh, look looking like the granny and got a cat named Sylvester and a Tweety Bird. Right. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to say to that. I don't have to say to that other than if I was their HR person or their boss and I saw that, I would have, you know, like on the news, I would have some conversation with them once I got back to work. I'm like, I don't know if you did that with or without your badge on, but our name better not come on the news. If not, you're in trouble. And there it is. That's exactly the conversation I would have. We're at that time in the show. It's uh, ready to go around the room for some final thoughts. Baez, over to you. Final thoughts. Um, look, um, we beat 
we beat the um, leadership topic to death. Um, I know it may feel and sound that way, but every day we come on the air, we find new and new reasons why we need to continue to talk about it. Some people are in positions so long they forget what it is to be a true leader. Other people truly don't know, and they're trying to find out new ways to do it. And the only way to do it is to, you know, try it, jump off the cliff, and learn how to fly on the way down. And um, it, it's, it's lick your wounds on the way. But that's how you learn. But the key is to learn and progress and move forward and not forget the real reason why you're in that leadership position is to inspire and motivate people who work under you. Um, if that's not something you're willing to do, please find something else to do. Seriously, find some. We, we need an intern. Ours keep calling out. So let me know. Um, I'll review your resume and then we'll go from there. So those are my final thoughts. My final thoughts this week uh, solely focus around social media, uh, the relief paths and the platforms. I think it's pretty cool that we're finally getting into these other uncharted waters that we've mm -hmm. steered clear from till this time. Uh, we do still have great numbers on all the various podcast platforms. Find us in your favorite app. Let it be uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, etc. cetera, uh, Spotify, yada, yada. We're out there. And we know you find us. I want to thank very specially right now our dear friend Rolando for being the only person watching us on Facebook Live. <laughs> and, I and Amanda Brunson. <laughs> well, she was here. She dipped out. And I want to thank Ricky for encouraging us to make sure that we did go Facebook Live because it's so critically important and it's understood that we're starting from scratch and building this space mm -hmm. under a rebrand of all this all this new social media stuff. I definitely have a face for radio. I will continue to try this out with you for the time being. But I'll be honest, I'm a lot more fun in person. And in person, you can see me as the MC of the Space Coast HR Conference coming up April 21st. In Melbourne, Florida, that's going to be at the Crown Plaza, the Space Coast HR Conference. Stop by SpaceCoastHRConference.com for tickets, details, more information. You can stop by, grab your registration, uh, your accreditations, recertifications through SHRM and HRCI. Stop by for the day. Get those certifications renewed as you need to and see fit. We've got a great lineup of speakers. This will be in person. There's going to be limited and reserved seating here as well. Uh, normally, the place is packed. It's it's mm -hmm. beautiful time. Yeah, truly, yes, it is one of the premier human resource conferences in the entire country, taking place directly on the beach, Space Coast of Florida, Melbourne, Florida. Stop by spacecoasthrconference.com. Grab your tickets. We're gonna see you there. Not to toot our own horn, but the last time we were there was in 2019. Um, this one this one was supposed to happen last year, but obviously the pandemic had different plans for us. But last time we 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 were there, the HR talk crew was there. JC was the MC. I was speaking. Wendy, the HR lady sellers, was speaking. It was a blast. We we had a great time. We uh, I gotta say, uh, the uh, the uh, we we livened up the place and. I think the feedback we got, JC, was afterwards, um, they told us that was the first time people stuck around. Yeah. And they went to the beach and had some drinks, and the energy was still there. And Super that was the time. first time that happened. Yeah, it yeah. was awesome. Uh, I, think, I think one of the goals right now, Ricky, is uh, to encourage those that you know within the Central Florida area that participate in Disrupt HR, try to get a table together. Let's, yes. let's get a, let's get a yes. Disrupt HR table Put together for this right here. Make sure that you chime and get your tickets. Do what you got to do. Stop on by. Uh, Ricky will be signing autographs that day at the table. 
And, uh, you know, more than happy to see you. You know, it'd be a very great time. Hey, Ricky, what yeah. are uh, some of the best ways people could find us on your new interactive displays? Oh, let me tell you. So, look, look, you can find us. Obviously, look, you can go to our website, uh, either by com or hrtalkpodcast.com. It will take you to the same place. This is what the main page thus look like. This is our consultancy firm where I've got plenty of clients. I help them with all kinds of HR issues and recruitment issues and employment and labor law issues, training and development issues as well. But if you scroll on down, it's also home of the HR Talk Podcast. So you can either click on the screaming face or just go to the top. HR Talk, click on it. Once you click on it, you'll see all the different uh, podcast platforms this that here, we participate in. This here is the actual RSS feed. So if yes, you're looking is. to aggregate your own RSS feed for whatever individualized player or anything that you have, just grab the link right here. This this feed is available if you, right if you need. Oh, there's a lot more platforms that we are available on other than iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, et cetera. The list goes on. iHeartRadio should be in that list as, as well as many, many, many others. And uh, you more than happy to come on, uh, find us if you want to be on the show at any point in time. Ricky, we do have a section that they could reach out and contact you, right? That's right. That is right under the contact section. You can either call me, send me an email, just, uh, yeah, or just uh, find us on any of these social media platforms also if you go on the consulting tab you can find our consulting services whether it's hr consulting training and development recruitment corporate events jc does a great job going out there uh, to make sure your corporate event is lively along with the hr talk team so give us a call let us know we'll be here to help you that's all i got man on behalf of ricky Baez. The Bias Code team to include the intern. The entire Bias family. That's a lot. It's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, bro. It really is a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm JC. It's been a pleasure to be here with you today. Very special thank you once again going out to our spiritual advisor, Randy, for all your assistance on the links this week. Everyone job, out there, drive safe. Have a good night. I'm in the mood for a mofongo right about now. I lost my job. My wife was furloughed. I had to lay off 3,000 employees today. I have to homeschool three kids while working full-time. My HR department is flooded with requests for mental health resources. We're all affected by this crisis, but we're resilient. Sherman's working with CEOs, policymakers, HR professionals, and workers across the globe to navigate these times. I'm Johnny C. Taylor, Jr., President and CEO of Sherman. Together, we will create what the new future of work looks like.